I think he got on his shirt instead or something. <laughs> yes. yes. Catch up so, on your shirt? That's perfect. Well, no, yes. Oh, but, so uh, what was the other thing that you got? It was when, we, when he had Roberto's. Oh. Yeah. And I'm, so she has a brand new car, and I'm like, I don't really want to eat in your car. And she's like, it's okay. You can eat. I'm like, okay. That was the slowest meal I've ever had. <laughs> like, each bite was like, you know, pull it away slowly. Don't drop any <laughs> rice or anything. It was like I was, you know, Ooh. servicing a nuclear reactor in the back seat. Boy, oh boy. She would have loved my dad's car when I cleaned it after he passed away and I found a big pile of cigarette butts right underneath Ooh. the driver's seat. So you just like throw it under? My parents smoked so much in the car, oh God. they put a ashtray in the car because they the car ashtray was just, just too, too small. small yeah mm-hmm. and a, i i'm pretty sure that what happened is that ashtray at some point bounced hit the floor and then dumped over in the and they just <clears throat> brushed it under and didn't remember um or? i think he grabbed the and didn't remember yeah because it's it because dude it's like man oh man i really hope he didn't dump it under the seat just like and just like, yeah, it's fine yeah it, it, oh good it's well like old school <laughs> ashtray right so like solid Crystal or glass, like the old school. Uh, well, it was plastic, but oh, yeah, okay. you know, had all the the divots, divots in for it the cigarettes in them. Yeah, yeah. the little the yeah. little sleeves well, to hold yeah. it in place so mm-hmm. it doesn't burn. So the first car I had, I actually shared with my sister, my twin sister, and it was a '78 Oldsmobile Cutlass that we were given by our like we didn't even have to pay for it; we were given it. it had an eight-track player, everything, and the ceiling was like falling, like it was completely drooped. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it was you know six-seater, so the middle seat and the front, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so pretty old car. I love that car. We, I destroyed that car. Oh yeah, she even our neighbor who gave us the car even gave us a shoebox full of tracks. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> I don't have one except in the car. So here you go. Or like, yeah, really. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I destroyed that car. Yeah, my That's... first car was a Plymouth Sundance given to me by my mom. What so, what year? Ninety three, ninety two. And it would have been what in two thousand one. Yeah. Uh, late, early, sorry, late nineties. It was given to me. So, my first car was a. It was in the seventies when the Subarus didn't have like model numbers, so it was like a seventy-seven Subaru two door. It didn't actually have like a Cross-track like a model L-back name. Or... Nope. It just it just was a two door red Subaru. Like, what it, kind of Subaru? Uh, the two door one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Had a tiny little horizontally opposed four cylinder engine that. Uh, uh, weighed way less than anything. So, and it was a front-wheel drive, so you could slide around on that in the ice, whereas most front-wheel drives will kind of pull. Like the front would slide around. It was like, oh, that's not good at all. Yeah, the Sundance it had was a V6 with front-wheel drive. Ooh, that thing yeah. had power. no power. My, my, my Subaru had no power. Like if you turn, It had air conditioning, which was bizarre. Uh, but yeah. when you pushed the AC button, you could watch. the. It was stick shift, so you could watch the tachometer just drop when you turn the AC on and it would at stoplights almost kill the engine because yeah. it drew so much power yeah. from wow. that little four banger. My, uh, my, uh, my Nissan Sentra was like that. It was uh, like was your when, first car when we had the heat waves out here in the summer. Uh, it was really funny cause I could actually not feel the car 
shut off and the AC would be running and it's running really hard and we're, I'm at a light. And you go to push on the gas and, and I, you're like, And it's nothing. like nothing. <laughs> it's just, there's nothing there. And it's like, oh shit, got to start it up. And, uh, and the guy behind you is like, yeah, because it, yeah. it just it just died. That used to be a one comedian used to make that joke. He talked about having a Yugo. Oh yeah, remember the Yugo and the his little three his, cylinder engines. Yeah, and he was like, he would. His joke was, "Oh no, I'm going down this hill and the brakes went out. I'll turn on the AC." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the car will just die. And the car stops. Yay! <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was funny. Well, welcome to Car Shock. No, just kidding. <laughs> welcome to Geek Shock, number 611. I am 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. And Deb. And we are here to talk to you about Weekend Geek. Uh, just having a little fun talking, reminiscing about our first cars and what not to do in your cars, especially newer cars. Uh, apparently, Matt has made a mess in Deb's car before. <laughs> I did not. Uh, I did not. Almost, sorry, almost, almost made a mess. That's how rumors get started, Jeff. Uh, (laughs) It's new T-shirt. Don't let Matt eat in your car. (laughs) Roberto's bad idea. (laughs) Or just just quotation marks. Oh shit! (laughs) And then like a little air bubble. What? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Like like W A T with a bunch. Of, there you go. Yeah. Or W A A A A A A T. So yeah. Uh, so Todd is not here tonight. Master Torgo is not present. Uh, he got called in to work. So Yay. people. I am jobs. running the show. Heaven forbid. Um, we'll see how this goes because it's been a while since I've done this. But you've done uh, it before and you did just fine. Yeah, but Todd has big shoes to fill. He does a lot with this. No, that, he doesn't. Uh, you know. No, yes. Let's well, see so you do it, Matt. Sure. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Uh-huh. Maple Leaf Matt. <laughs> I'm gonna host the next one. Maple Leaf Matt on the boards. Wiki wiki wow. Uh, so news yeah. you don't give a shit about some fucking streaming news you give a shit about Warhammer. <laughs> this is a new format, Warhammer 40K, all Dang. the time. And it's sprinkled a little hockey on top of there. What's your Nurgle? Write to yeah. us at comments at yeah. geekshockpodcast.com. How about new? No? <laughs> uh, hey, we but, can talk We can talk football. But interesting that you speak of Nurgle. Uh, this week's podcast is sponsored by War Room Games. This Saturday, October 30th, is their anniversary grand reopening which they have a number of events, 15% off store-wide, three one-hour paint contests at 12 p.m., 2 p.m., and 4 p.m. There you go, Matt. An Orc Demolition Derby, a Bring Your Own Vehicles, an Orc Mega Battle. Ooh, Bring Your Own Orcs. Face the participants of October, excuse me, Orktoberfest. Survivor Tilkeeh. See, Todd is already, it's not even into the first paragraph. It's rubbing off on you. Uh, survivor kill team face the forces of Nurgle and fellow survivors in a mission to get off of a planet beset by the gift of Grandfather Nurgle. And this is all thanks to Adam at War Room Games. Adam Bishop, excuse me, at War Room Games for their grand reopening slash anniversary events this Saturday, October 30th. You were going to say Adam, the Bishop of War Room Games, weren't you? Uh, I, I, yes, you are, you are right. He moves, he moves diagonally through a store. I, I'm <laughs> looking and I accidentally deleted the space between the, the thanks and the comma. So the comma so, got taken out. So it's 
Thanks, Adam Bishop War Room Games. So all this time, it wasn't Torgo. It was you editing his... Uh... Oh, no. This is all me. Torgo edits his own shit. This yeah. is my shit yeah. that okay. I've edited. Okay. No, Torgo so... has said, if you're going to host, you have to edit your own shit. Yep. So there may be some growing pains tonight, everyone. So bear with us. Uh, not growing pains. Labor. Uh, indeed. Uh, we are also sponsored by Alternate Reality Comics. Yay, Ralph. Go visit Ralph at their new store on Hacienda and Eastern here in Las Vegas. Tell them Geek Shock sent you. Yeah, and you can pick up... For no reward at all. Just well, no, 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 no. If they're still in stock, you can pick up a fancy little glossy postcard. That's true. Of the yeah. Geek Shock crew that says, meet the Geek, Geek Shock crew. Yeah. On, it has all our on nice one handled side. things on it. Yes. Vlarg spent all of 10 minutes designing it. That's right. He he put those eight bits together. Well, it took him longer times. than 10 minutes to do that. Yeah, but. I know, but I okay, never mind. Wow. The, the joke is long, Deb, so good. Way Deb to kill the killing, mood, Deb. Yeah, the mystique of Mr. Deb. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> so. This, this show's going to stay on the rails tonight. That's folks. right. I, On I, the rails. I don't know about rails, but uh, maybe try to stay in the same general direction. It's going to be Who a rail. Knows? It's going to be a rail shooter. You know the things Torgo hates. Oh, Just, there you go. Rail, rail shooters. Are, nice. Okay, yeah, those are those are awful. Oh, things awful Torgo hates. To play. You can't say things that Torgo hates are any of the members of Geek Shock because that no. is a given. Yeah, that oh, goes I'm without sorry. saying. Yeah. Especially Vlarg being on the very top of that list. Yes, I think I'm too because I always like jump in there and make them. Edit stuff. Uh, no, edit. I think I think Kirsten is too because of the burps, which reminds me, I got to make a note of the burp at. Uh... And lately, you've been pointing out, you're like, you know, I probably shouldn't bring this up right now. You might want to yeah. cut yeah. this for later. I do but that. Yeah. I do that yes, a lot. You've been doing a lot more lately. Yes, too. I know. I'm an asshole. Actually, it's you're not an the, asshole. The, 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 the pandemic is well, okay, coming from the and 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 i mean this in the nice way the what expert on assholes yes yeah. with you know a thorough background and experience uh, 13 years yeah barry she's also um, living, with two, right <laughs> living wow. with two assholes right now living with two assholes right now and they said me, it wouldn't last i <laughs> i oh meg no oh. me and uh mrs maybelieve what <laughs> i would never say that you're not assholes i did not yes. say that i paulette i never even hinted at that <laughs> So, just except maybe when you know you said she picks on him all the time and well know. yeah but then again we all do yeah I, I mean Matt kind of encourages up, being picked on so I he asks I guess it, if you're married you would just naturally want to pick there on him right I guess I don't know we should do we should do like a retro just a little skit honeymooners with Matt and Paulette <laughs> uh. but Paulette. Is oh, in plays Jackie. the Ralph Crandall yes. role. <laughs> Paulette's bang, zoom. <laughs> the basement. Yeah. And Jeff, we don't you have could, a basement. Exactly. <laughs> you could be the Art Carney guy. You just, you know. Hey, 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 Maddie boy. <laughs> yeah. Are they the ones who did this, this skit about who's on first? No, who's no, on second? Oh, no, that was Abbott and Costello. Costello. Okay. Elvis and Costello. Abbott and Costello. <laughs> Elvis and Costello. <laughs> I met Abbott and Costello, but uh, a, yeah, yeah, Elvis and Costello. Elvis, dude, that's pretty good, though. Yeah. So, um, Mr. Presley, <laughs> uh, the person on first? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <gasps> yeah. I don't know who's on first. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's, that's the, the Eddie Murphy line. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> give him a song. 
Elvis, who's on first? Sing Second it. Second base. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, I guess let's just roll into the usual. What geeky things did you do this week? Let's start with Deb. What did you geek, do geeky this week? So, I went to visit Barry in Houston. That's for not the geeky. That, oh, no, no, but that's not geeky. we did the Ren Fair. I was going to say Texas. that almost sounds like charity to go visit <laughs> Barry. <laughs> wow. Woo. What charitable thing did you, what gift to no. humanity did you do this week? Her very Deb? presence was the charity. Oh, of course. Uh, anything else, that's between them. <laughs> I was what? Wait, whoa! See, oh, like, wow! Like you're really getting you're gonna, gonna, I'm gonna you write down that timestamp, yep. <laughs> Jesus! And what do you mean, me? Oh. <laughs> you're the one that made it sound <laughs> creepy. <laughs> I think I think that's just the way I talk. Oh, okay. So it's just it's just your nature yeah. to make things sound devious and I, subversive. Yeah, yeah write another timestamp. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it didn't stop. <laughs> All right. Should, should anyway, you okay. were saying? You, you guys posted pictures because you went to the... Uh, the Texas Run Fair. Right. Yes, which is outside, just outside of Houston in Mission, Texas. Okay. Um, well, the state's going that way, so pretty soon the whole state will be Run Fair all the time, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. It is going because, medieval, well, but because, the wrong kind well, of medieval. Okay, the wrong, because Texas Run Fest is all about... You, just drinking and having fun. Okay, all so no day inquisition. Long. Well, that sounds there. like Texas anyway. No. I mean, kind of, yeah, I guess. But um, no, so we did that. Um, if you if you like Ren Fair and you've never been to Texas Ren Fest, the one that's outside of Houston in Mission, Texas, you need to go. It is the biggest in the country. It's the longest running two, I believe. It runs the entire month of October and November. Wow. Um, Wait, what? That's two months. Yeah, it runs. But it's the longest running. It runs all the right. entire month of October and November. I didn't say one month. You said the entire month. Sorry. It runs the entire month of October and November. Months. <laughs> I, for, I apologize for not putting the S on the, on the end of the month. Wow, you look gotta, at you. You got to put your ass you on the You are picking on people today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping it alive. I'm keeping the energy up. Well, Todd big, is always worried about that. Big, big was in town, and then, of course, Kit picks on him all the time, too. So that's, he's just, he's, he's. He's feeling he's repressed. Fighting back. He's fighting back. He's That's being right. repressed. That's right. Help, help. I'm being repressed. I'm letting it out. All right. So we did that. Uh-huh. Had a great time. Um, got to see a lot of friends that, you know, we're going to be moving. So it was really nice to see a lot of them. And we did our first jaunt to the movie theaters since wow. COVID. Yeah. What on earth could you see at this time? Well, we saw Dune. <clears throat> I know. Um, Barry's favorite film of all time. Um, favorite book, I believe, as well, of all time. Um, he so we went the, and saw that. The Lynch movie? The original. <laughs> he loves it. When we first started dating, he made me watch the extended. I kid you not, I fell asleep. I fell asleep. Oh. And the whole time, he's just like, oh, this is so great. Holy you shit. You have to watch this movie. You fell asleep? I did. And you survived that? I did. Wow. Yeah. For, I mean, for me, done. For sheer done. 80s <clears throat> cliched epicness. Dune is a fantastic film. I still yeah. love that film, even though I know it's not here's a the, great film. Right. But here's the problem. It's not that it was a horrible film. Right. I was. It was like 10 p.m. at night when we started the movie, uh, and it's a long film. It is. It's <laughs> d- Depending on what cut, it can be anywhere from just under three hours to three and a half hours. Right. And throw that in with, at the time, I was renting a room from a friend of mine, and so we were watching it in my room. So I was just uh, like, ah, bed, sleep. Right, right. Yep. So I fell asleep. But that, that, it's funny, too, because that's also very ultimate fan on a date. 
It's like, oh, let's watch, watch this, this three-hour movie. It's only 10 p.m. Yay. You know, it's just like, yeah, dude, this, this is going to be over before midnight. Yep. So we did that, and we actually, the same day, we went and saw Shang-Chi. So we saw cool. Shang-Chi. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, it was great because, so we did Dune early. Uh-huh. So the theater wasn't full at all. Right. And, you know, with the cool thing about picking your seats online is you can go online at the time of the movie and figure out which seats haven't been purchased. So we actually switched which seats we sat in because our row was, like, really full. And, like, oh, you're lucky I wasn't there working. Excuse me, uh, out of these seats... Yeah, Back to your really? seats, please. Wow. And like the light in oh, your no. eye. Oh, not, no. Not, <laughs> not during COVID times, thank you very much. Uh-oh. And the theater wasn't full. So so we did that. And then Shang-Chi had nobody else because it's been out for yeah. so long. So that was great. Um, That's an idea. Yeah. So, while it's still running in theaters, if you want to go see it in the theaters, right now is a prime time to do that because uh, most of them are not full. There was uh, nobody in the theater when I saw Shang-Chi at the Galaxy Boulevard when I saw it. So I, yeah, I mean... It's worth checking out there. Now, when I went and saw it with Darren, we were in a theater that was packed. And when we had booked the tickets, there was nobody in the row. And then when we got there, the every seat in the row was full. And I was like, um... Yes, yeah, I probably would have left. Yeah. And they were all sitting there. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, well, we'll get to my theater experience. Oh, yeah. oh. What, you did no. something this week? Yeah, yes. they, I know. It's crazy, right? Well, they told Torgo was like, "You better fucking go see that movie, goddamn it!" <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, cool, thanks." Well, that's because we have upcoming spoiler talk for our yeah, so, uh, but, for supporters. Well aware, Jeff. I mean, he wanted to see it anyway. He's. It's almost like that movie with him with Barry. It's like, he but really did he want to see it? Yes, I did. Okay, yes, I did. Just checking. Watch your face with the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm juggling. All right, wow. bear with me. Wow, that's it. That is an weird radio threat you mm-hmm. just watch your face with the mic yeah. all right <laughs> and then me i make things sound devious sorry Deb. no you're fine so when i travel now um on the plane because you don't have to fly between here and houston everything's a fight no, just... no. i watch i watch shows on my tablet mm-hmm. and i caught up on the second season of counterpart Oh, okay. So I have certain shows now that I'm like, I will just watch them when I travel, which obviously, you know, during COVID, that was like really crappy because I went a long time without watching anything. Um, But I am almost on the last episode, almost on the last episode of Counterpart Season 2. Have any of you guys seen this? I've seen clips of it and I want to watch it because J.K. Simmons can basically do no wrong in my eyes. Mm. I've I've liked everything I've seen. I have enjoyed the the show. Um, Barry hates it. And the only reason he surprise, does... Surprise, surprise. But it's because it's slow moving. It is. So you have to be one of those people that really enjoys, you know, getting deeper into the story and having things take a little bit of time and not just wanting instantaneous gratification. Yeah. Dune is his favorite movie all time. I know. It's crazy, right? Well, <laughs> I know. to be fair, the, the Lynch Dune compresses... Yeah. A does. lot of information. It does. Yeah, but I'm talking um, about this new Dune. By by going through, it's they skip over a lot of the actual storytelling and do it in voiceovers and quick clips of faded, half faded. I hate when so. people tell stories with their voices. What the fuck is that shit about? I mean, <laughs> what are we as, cavemen sitting around a fucking fire? As far as cinematically know. showing it, you just. Never what's mind. It, what's in this coke? That you've been drinking? Yeah, right? seriously. Like, seriously. You're just on fire Everybody's today. just like. <laughs> You're so salty today, Bunch Kirsten. of cats. <laughs> I'm a bag of cats. But yeah, and I got to see Bartimaeus, my cat. Ah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I love him. I miss him. Because he can't be here in Nevada right now. Mm-hmm. Didn't, you know, shock. I, 
worried about shocking the crap out of him. It's going to happen anyway. But yeah. Yeah, it's better. He'll adjust. He he'll, will. he'll have Barry to hold his paws <laughs> sitting there Sorry. 24 hours a day. <laughs> yes, um, the, the cat that Barry describes as both cool and an asshole in the exact same, same sentence. sentence yeah. Wow. Well, that's just Barry projecting. Oh, well, that, well, not, could, that not, could be too. And that's just a cat. It well, is. And, like, any cat, you can say and that. And Barry loves cats. So, I mean, that's telling right there. Yeah, figures. Right? Mm. Yeah. 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 All right. So, um, but anyway, so Counterpart, season two. Really good show. Um, J.K. Simmons is amazing. Um, and the main actress, I'm, I blank on her name right now, but she's also very, she's a British actress. She's very good. Um, but yeah, the parallel, you know, world story. If you haven't I love, heard anything about it. I love that trope. So when I saw that, when I saw some description of that, I'd forgotten that that was what you were talking about. I didn't tie it together. I just, I love that trope though. Like fringe for me yes, was I a hell of a lot of fun because oh, I, I just every time it's like oh we're going to, oh I'm going to meet another version of X I'm like uh, this mm-hmm. actually I think is fun I think this could be really fun but this one I mean so you know the very first season like they explain a lot of it but <clears throat> one instance happens um, in the 70s and so there's only one parallel world that they have you know that they've essentially cr- opened a door to it's just the one so it's it's the whole show is about the two sides trying to like figure things out with each other, and they you know they each have a you know gosh darn it sorry they each have an organization that manages all of that and oh, they okay. have different departments that do different things. So you have like essentially they call it housekeeping, but it's like you know security, and then they have like the espionage group, and they have like the the um, people that are just trying to you know make deals with each other and share information because one side has better medical technology and other side has better like phone technologies and you know microchips and things like that so but anyway it's an interesting story it's a good show if you've never watched it it's good is it um i mean i don't know if it asks too much to give away about the the general concept but is it like public knowledge no it's not okay okay yeah and you re- you learn that episode one, uh-huh. yeah. So only people who work for Super the organization secret, that no, it exists, yeah. Uh-huh. And maybe some high officials at the UN, but they don't really talk about that at all. Wouldn't that be freaky if actually they they connected with the parallel world and for whatever reason, or maybe it's it's not even like the secret got out. It's like it's just terribly obvious, and it's just. That would explain twenty sixteen. <clears throat> That's what happened. Twenty six. Oh yeah. That's what yeah. happened. Just sorry. Twenty twenty one shot. Twenty twenty shocked me so much. I was like, "What happened?" Oh. <laughs> yeah. Twenty sixteen is the where the yeah, portal really. opened and everything went off the rails. Yes, oh, my and God. the big orange thing became a big orange thing. Yeah, a bigger orange but, problem. But you know, was it twenty sixteen or was it two thousand? Year two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. All right. In the year 2000. Oh, yeah. The old. <laughs> gosh. And I was uh, at a rave that night, so I, I don't no, know. No, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm talking, <laughs> talking about the Bush Gore thing. Okay. Right. No, oh, that does, uh-huh. That's fine. Not, not the I wouldn't expect, to transition I would, to the new millennium. Yeah. No. I wouldn't expect Matt to know. That's American shit. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> despite the fact that it affected the whole world and how. I remember somebody talking about when Obama got elected in 2008. Sorry, everybody. I didn't mean to bring it to this, but go ahead. <laughs> she, uh, she was overseas, and it was like literally she was <clears throat> Austria, Germany or something. She was on a bus, and uh, when, when it was announced, it's like 
people found out she was American, they're all hugging her. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. Oh, thank God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Good job. Good job. It was funny. Anything else, Deb? Um, no, I mean, I'm I'm trying to do some reading. Reading while I travel is really hard, um, especially yeah. now with COVID. I don't like to like bring my books and stuff on planes. I put them in my bag and pack them away because at least my tablet I can wipe off with, you know, antibacterial wipes. I could I, I could imagine on the plane like five rows back. Oh shit! And you hear this? What? <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> And just this head peek up over the. What is going on? I, I I'm sorry, Deb. I didn't. I. And then, are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> and then it just it just keeps cascading. Eventually, Andy falls out of the plane. Nobody nobody knows even how. Like, <laughs> how did he get with the landing gear? What what? <laughs> right out of Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. Well, Matt, what did you do, Geeky, this week? I went and saw Dune. <gasps> Dune. 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 Yes. Awesome movie. I will agree. One of the best. Um, and then I was watching Picard, actually, as well. So I watched like oh. two or three episodes of Picard. It is a slow burn. Yeah. It is. You're, you're at the start there, which I'm fine with. But uh, I, I'm at this point where Seven of Nine shows up. So it's like. I enjoy her a lot oh, in the show. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like. Um, you know, early twenties. Me was like, I remember when Seven and Nine showed up in that silver cat yeah. suit. She still looks kind of okay. <laughs> wow, she looks better wow. now, in my opinion. What? Yes. What? Dude, dude, that's that's a woman thing. Okay. Yeah, right. you, you, she's you she's more independent, self assured. She's silver got cat suit. all of that figures into looks. Yeah. yeah you exactly. ever worn a cat suit? She looks all the so, time, Dad. Do you yes. know what kind of uh-huh. independence it takes to wear that cat suit? That's right. <laughs> yeah, especially when you have a producer saying you need to wear this or you're not getting paid. Yeah. Okay then. Well, that and the fact that it, it's like tight enough that mm. you, you pass out. Of course, the board costume was the one that really because she, I guess it she couldn't. Yeah, I was she say, couldn't was, breathe in the cat suit. Well, it was right? both. the 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 Borg suit was it would really off. confining, but in the silver cat suit, she also had a uh, uh, fiberglass bustier or, underneath yeah, that. Yeah. That really, really constricted her waist. And, and uh, just crazy. Like one time they had it too tight and she literally could not breathe and was trying to get through her scene because she was already developing a reputation as being difficult because it took like 30 minutes to get her out of that if she needed to go to the bathroom. So she would stop telling people she needed to go to the bathroom to try to struggle to get through scenes until they moved into a scene that she wasn't. And then she peed herself and everyone's like, this bitch is trouble. (laughs) No, just... Uh, Mr. Neelix, can you clean that up for me? (laughs) But, well, the board suit, I know that like a couple times she just turned her head and the damn collar cut off the blood to her. Oh, my goodness. And it's like she... I think she actually... Didn't she faint at least once outright? I I know that she got faint. But I'm pretty sure she. There's a yeah. story that she did actually faint, maybe caught herself or something. But yeah, that yeah. It's like the scene from Pirates of the Caribbean, but real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were talking before the show, mm. and um, so I'll let you do your geeky thing. That's all I did, by the way, um, about theater experiences because I got a lot to say uh, about that. So if whoa. you want. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, well, now is as good a time as any to talk about your theater experience. Yeah. 
Okay, so, <laughs> so I haven't been there. The last time I was in the theaters was with you guys when uh-huh. we rented out the, the the whole theater for um, Kong versus or Godzilla versus Kong. That uh-huh. was fun. Which was awesome, by the way. Um, you knew we did that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but this time, so get to the theater, uh, we get our seats. I'm like, already, I'm like, these don't fucking recline. What the fuck is this ghetto bullshit? <laughs> Which one did you go? We to? went to the IMAX. <laughs> oh, yeah, There's only like yeah, one or two. two. Yeah, yeah, I'm, and and it's it's Fomax. Yeah, and you know what? Steve gets really excited about watching things in IMAX out here, and it's like, Steve, you're the one who actually talks about how this shit is fake Max. And and you're the but well you know, I mean anyway. it's yes it's a fake IMAX experience but the actual picture was formatted for IMAX so the screen shape for IMAX is a little different it's a little taller than wider mm-hmm. which is why when they do um, for like the regular widescreen they cut off a, about uh, you'll see about that a sixth on the you'll top see and the it bottom move between the previews and the movie yeah right yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I I get what he's saying, and then that is a film that was quote unquote formatted for IMAX, but uh, uh, the the we we also went and saw it in IMAX at AMC. And once we got to the IMAX, yeah. Jeff and I got a little <laughs> sidetracked. The the seats were not the most comfortable, no. and were not somebody, a recliner. Somebody said these seats don't recline. What the fuck is this ghetto busha? It was really weird. I, I did say that. It yeah. really weird. <laughs> Because that's what I said. And I Paul was like, like every- just relax. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> then this is before she sat down. She sat down and was like, no, you're right. This is bullshit. I was like, of course. Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you're right. This is bullshit. Galaxy has spoiled us. Yeah. yeah. Like, are, those, it, it, are those theaters that do that? I, I thought I, most 100%. theaters now were a recliner. Nope. There's mm-hmm. still a lot that are way behind on I, that kind of... I remember of- when they talked about, oh, at Sunset Station. They're like, oh, yeah. we got recliners now, stadium seating. And I got in and there. They were like two years later than everyone else. Yeah. Well, and I also hit the button and this footrest came up. That's it. The back doesn't the move. The back didn't move. That's not reclining. It's like, oh, my <laughs> feet are off the floor. The, the recliners Great. that they do have at AMC, <laughs> just, just like you're saying, they go up about... Um, your, your legs are still aimed downward, but they're just slightly <laughs> elevated, and the back doesn't really recline. Yeah. It, like, it goes back like a touch. Mm-hmm. It's like the ones that are springy. If you push back, it'll lean back a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So, so like an airplane seat? So the, air, yeah. the, the AMC recliners I was not a fan of, and yeah. like when, you know... I know why we went there because Professor Biggs get the gets well, the, the, and the, he, the free tickets. He and, treated us. Yes, we got to see it for free. Okay, and, and beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, you can. <laughs> having said that, I uh, agree with you, Matt. I am completely spoiled by Galaxy, especially. Yeah. Um, we were talking about it as we were leaving the theater. Um, the the new one at Boulevard Mall has uh, in the Sony Digital Cinema has wider seats. And they go back, and they also have neck rests that tilt up so that you can get really, really comfortable. And wow. I love that new theater. And yeah. what's nice about it is if you go, like, in the afternoon or one of the later-at-night shows, there's nobody in there. Yeah. So, so just avoid prime time. You're yeah, good. And exactly. the, the, the Sony theater, they have little Japanese girls who rub your shoulders while you're watching the movie. I don't think so. So, oh, no. so while I appreciate wow. Biggs yeah. getting the uh, the tickets for us, and it was a perfectly serviceable theater, I know that I am completely spoiled by by Galaxy. Well, and it doesn't help now, right? So, like, I mean, our theater experience was fine, but the first ten minutes—I'm not kidding—I'm sitting there going, people are making noises, coughing, someone's on their phone. I'm yeah, like, well, what the fuck is this shit? I'm like, fine. we've been watching movies 
from our couch for uh-huh. the last two years. And it's been great. Like, and, and Kirsten can mm-hmm. tell you, I couldn't get comfortable. I kept shifting yes. the whole movie. Yeah, it, well, took, it took me a little while before I was like, just ignore it. Yeah. Watch the movie. That and the fact that Jeff and I got lost. We went into the yeah. DFX theater. We're coming in. It's dark. The lights come up. We're looking for our seats. We don't see Steve. We're like, what the hell? Don't and 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 Jeff's like, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is it. And he walks off because uh, Jeff leaves you there. And and I'm like, well, this. Well, I thought he was right behind me. I didn't yeah. realize that he stayed. <laughs> and one guy was just like, what are you looking for? And I'm like, well, we're here for Dune. He's like, well. And he looks around the lit up theater. This is Dune, but it started an hour ago. So they were having film trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Because the lights come up, and it's just like, oh, wow. And everyone's just like, oh, well, shit, you know, stretch. So then we finally fucking find the goddamn IMAX. It was really funny because Jeff's in the bathroom. I go in. I find Steve, put my shit down. Then I go off. I go to the bathroom. There's Jeff. He's like, did they finally fix it? And I'm like, actually, it's the wrong Different theater. theater. And then- I was I was hangry at that point. because he was, yeah. He's a little. Well, Steve and I also kind of arrived a little late. Yeah, I got there early because I know these guys. They usually are there before me. (laughs) And so I got there early because I knew it was a lot further away for me to get there. But they went Mm -hmm. to Ralph's first. Well, now, when you, you, you make that sound like that's the problem. It wasn't the problem. I met Steve at Ralph's, and I got my stuff. Steve is just wandering around, and he's looking at stuff. There was actually a... There was a comment about an old movie that is actually based on a on an EC comic, one of the EC horror comics. All right. So Steve actually was flipping through Ralph's uh, EC compendiums because he was trying to find that comic. So I'm just waiting on Steve, and Steve's and then finally I walk up to him and what do you know? And he's like, "Oh, is it time yet?" And I'm like, "I I thought you were watching the watch. This is your." This is your party. So I pull out my phone, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's 14.55. And Steve's looking at it, and you, you could see. He's four, converting they're, it. They're, they're a minimum of 20 minutes away at and that I, point. And so I went 14.50. What dude, time was the movie? 3.15. 3.15. So oh. I was like, we're late. And he's like, oh. So we step out, and we're like, what's the quickest way there? And sunset. actually, we're, we're on, yeah, Hacienda and Eastern. Eastern down the sunset. Shoot over. Yep. Getting out of Ralph's is a fucking trip if you want to make a left turn. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> There's only one exit. It isn't on Eastern. And uh, so Steve. No signal there. It, there's yeah. a line of cars waiting to turn on Eastern. So just to get on Hacienda to get to Eastern, Steve's sitting there with his. I drive around him and I make a right turn and I yeah. U-turn and join the, and he, oh, okay, and comes back behind me. We still cycle about five minutes through that motherfucking light because there's no dedicated left turn. So it's, nope. oh my, and, it's, and I'm just sitting here, boy, Jeff, Jeff is, and I know and, that, and I, I pick up my phone, I am here. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. I, I know that light very well, and it's a highly trafficked side street. So it's a bitch. People are wanting to go straight through. So if you're trying to make a left, yeah, yeah. from either direction, oh yeah, you have to wait until the through traffic. You turn, is through. it turns green, and then car, 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 right yep. away, right away, and it right ju- away. and they just keep coming. Yeah. So you know, unless you get lucky and are already in the intersection when that light turns yellow, 
and you brave the fact that there are people that want to run the red light on that particular intersection. Oh, it's every, every you're not getting through yeah, in yeah. Vegas. They're, so, they're oh, but, but it's yeah. no, so we, but we this got, is one of the more dramatic ones. We we got uh, through there, and so I'm pushing things like you know in the 35 zone, I'm going 40, and in in the 45 zone, I I took it up to 52. And we finally got there. I was actually, I was smart, and we took the side streets through the side of Town Square much faster than yeah. going through in the center. We went on the uh, the north side, which, you know, north side, south side, it's all equidistant for AMC. Yeah. Yep. We, I come out, and I'm looking for a space. There's this couple walking out, and I'm just, like, you know, creeping on the, the chick. Well, and you're I, that guy, huh? Yeah, and then I was like, and there was something about their body language. I'm like, Nope, they're not. They're not leaving right away. And so I turn and I park, and I'm walking, and I see Steve sitting there, waiting for that parking space. Already waiting for those people. <laughs> and I'm like, I look down at him, and he's like, he looks up at me, and he does this gesture, and I'm like, wow, that's the that's the most flustered I've ever seen Steve. But he he was torqued because he saw them, and he's like, oh, I'll get this spot, thing, yeah. and. He sat there. He later said that he went and he parked way down. And by the time he walked past them, they pulled out and left. So, but of course, this is Steve's treat. So he's got the tickets. So yep. I come up and Jeff and I are talking. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the guy. But he had... He has the AMC app, so he pre-ordered his concessions. He got his food. We're standing in line. He goes right up, picks up his food, and then he's standing there waiting on us like, uh, yeah. like, what's going on, guys? Well, what are you doing? What are you doing? I, I don't, I, 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 don't know. That's what I, no yeah. offense, Biggs, but that's what I would do. <laughs> if you have an app on your phone to pre-order concessions, I, you're treating people to a movie. That's what I say, honestly would think you guys he, like anything? I honestly think he just didn't think about it. Yeah. And I was, I was... Although I do love the fact that he did pre-order his food. Yeah. It's like he came... Because he came up the stairs and he's just like... <laughs> and I'm like, you're going to be all right there? He's like... <laughs> and then we get in and like... Uh, uh, this guy right here said, like Jeff said, went right to the counter. Yep, Steve, and you know, and so Kirsten and I had to wait. Yeah, we waited. Oh, I mean, he waited for us, but he was waiting on us, like like the impatient wait. Like like, are you guys gonna? Jeff, you're keeping me waiting. (laughs) (laughs) And then then he's like, okay, it's uh, it's down here. It's which theater? And he's like, he looks at me like I'm an idiot. The IMAX theater, and I'm like. I don't watch, I, I don't, which one is, and he disappears. So Jeff comes walking up, and it was really fun watching Jeff get get soda, because it, it looks like the first, because it, it's the 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 digital soda machine, machine, where you do your selections on the touch screen. Let, me, yeah. let me pause you for a second. I hate the Coca-Cola freestyle <laughs> machine. With a passion, the touch screens barely work. Every every I'm lo- they have one at a movie theater. Every location I've ever been ha- to, the like touch, a dozen, the touch screens barely work. Yeah, none of the sodas taste right. They always have this off flavor to yeah, them. Yeah, because the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah everything's well, mixed. It's one well, spigot. It's also because it's a different formulation because it's super concentrated. So it's not like your typical oh, soda yeah. syrup. Uh, it's like this. Uh, it's either a powder. Uh, it's like some kind of a powdered version of the syrups because it's these little cartridges that they plug in. And anyway, it's a, so it's a Keurig soda. Yeah, the the first two machines I went to didn't like the first yes, one. I'm watching. He's across the lobby, and I'm like, all right, Jeff, come on, Jeff. And I see him, and he's like, touch, touch. First, first touch, touch. Put the put yeah. the, and then he then 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 you just see this little. 
<laughs> yeah, just this little little elevation of the body and then drop and then he... <laughs> the the very first machine was out of everything. Like all of the buttons were blacked out. And I'm like, why doesn't this have like a general screen that just comes up that says sold out, please see next Fuck unit or you, something like Jeff. that? The next one, I'm like, okay, I found what I wanted. I kept pushing the button to get it to highlight. It wouldn't go. Finally got highlighted and I pushed the dispense button and it goes it lets out one little spurt of soda and stops. I'm like, okay. So I release it and I push it again. I'm like, what is he spurt. doing? He and has it, to hold the button. What's I was the matter holding, with Jeff? I no, was no, holding no. it. I was just, I'm I'm clear across the lobby and I'm like, what the fuck is he? He's like yeah. mad at the ice machine. I don't, what's his problem? And so I finally moved to the third machine and it finally worked, but it was just one of those. It's like, I'm like, what else can go wrong today? Uh, well, we went into the DFX theater instead of the IMAX because the IMAX yeah, was the, one theater over. The, the 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 Dolby Cinema Theater, the one that actually has the the, the faux recliners. That yeah, Steve. But uh, then and so we finally get there. Steve is like, you know, oh, he he actually I think got up at one point to look for us. So we finally got settled in. We were like half hour late. Yeah, I movie. leaned over. I leaned over to Jeff and I'm like, don't worry. After the movie, we'll go back to my place. We'll fire up HBO Max and see what we missed. Yep. Which actually wasn't much. It's just use, using the voice. But, um, yeah, it was, you know. How does that compare to your theater experience, Matt? You well, were starting to tell us the story. Yeah, mine was, okay, we sit down. We went with, we went with the in-laws. <clears throat> Aww. So I'm sitting down, and all of a sudden, okay, there's... Our, our role is entirely empty, so I'm like, perfect. All mm-hmm. right, this is cool. Uh-huh. And then I'm, like, uh-huh. I'm watching people come up because we sat kind of three quarters of the way up, not right at front. Ooh, or, yeah, Paulette likes uh, likes it right up against the screen. No, not that far. Oh, okay. But I'm like, okay, here comes someone. Don't fucking sit here. Don't you fucking sit here. Don't you? Okay, he's gonna go in front of us. Okay, good. Don't sit directly in front of me, you motherfucker. Okay, he's going down eight, eight, eight seats. <laughs> oh, perfect. Wow. <laughs> so then this one guy sits down. Sounds like he's on the ventilator. Just, and I'm like, how much COVID is he exhaling right now? Because no one has any masks on. And he's, he didn't have a mask on? He didn't have a mask on. And I'm like, he better not be doing this the whole movie. And sure enough, he did that the whole movie. Wow. wow. I'd, have I'd have been like, you know what? I need a refund. I know you have a policy, but there's people in there, heavy breathing, no masks. I want my money back. They would, they yeah. would refund. That wasn't the worst thing. Oh. Really? That wasn't the worst thing. Really? A family of five comes up. Dad, no. mom, um, older boy, older girl, little toddler. Little I'm toddler like, on a ventilator. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to bring a little toddler to Dune? So, of course, yeah. we, we're sitting there. The, the movie's going on. And every quiet part of the movie, hey, mommy. I'm like, I'm like and of course, Paul, just relax. <laughs> In this Alamo draft house. Yeah. They need an Alamo draft house here. Oh and then God. three ladies at the front, not in the same group. Phone, phone, phone. But they're, they're further enough down, so all you see is just this bright light. screen. The, the light. light. Yeah, I, I hate, hate that. that. Alamo Draft House, I'm telling you. Yep. I love that theater for that reason specifically. Small children are not allowed except for the very first show in the day. That's it, period. Otherwise, they are not allowed in the films unless it is a G-rated film. doesn't matter. And if you're on your phone and one person goes or either if management's in there and sees it, or one person goes and complains, there's no there's no second chances. You're gone. Yeah. Pick you up and t- kick you out, and there's no refund. Galaxy is that way too. Any yeah. any use of any electronic device while the movie is playing, yep. you're done. They'll, yep. they'll ask you to leave. No refunds. No excuses. It was really funny one time in Galaxy. There was somebody 
on his phone like a lot. He just kept mm-hmm. going back. And this is when I was working as a gatekeeper. So I don't know if I went right into work mode or something, but I just came up behind him and I was like, sir, please, no phones during the show. And he, he didn't even look at me. He just nodded his head, put his phone away, and that was it for the rest of the thing. <laughs> so, so I don't think he even realized the, the I was a customer. Voice. <laughs> Kirsten just needs to use the professional voice and people will do what he says. Yeah, yeah. That's the voice. Yeah, the, the weirding voice. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it was... It, oh, dude. But that was my experience. I'm like, I'm like, I enjoyed the movie, but it was like, oh, this person, that person, fucking the, family the of kid, four The or kid five. right there would have killed me. Because especially okay, if you, in if that you have movie. A kid, if you have a kid, expect that movie. But you, you, okay, you, you relinquish your right to go to a movie theater for eight years. Hey, you know. Well, eight um, years. Well, there's a thing called a babysitter. Yes. You know. Yes. It's, Yeah. But whatever, <laughs> I, I get it. Some people can't afford babysitters. Yeah, then you shouldn't go to the movie. But at the same time, if you can afford to go to a movie, <laughs> you can yes. probably afford right. the babysitter. I mean, That's true. I mean, let's be honest. It's not a children's film. No, it's not no. a kid's movie. Therefore, no. The, you, and not to mention, the kid is there because you have nowhere else exactly. to put it. Yeah, and, and, and you shouldn't at, be there if that's the case. At almost forty bucks a pop now per person, once you by the time you get your admission yeah. and whatever you know small concessions you get, she HBO smuggled Max, shit for him. She, she smuggled oh, okay. shit well, we for him. When we don't purse. do concessions, I haven't done concessions in years. You're forever. the reason movies are dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So you're the person that you you have a like, coat. And you're like, those, all right. Well, let's be clear. I will do food. junior mints. Junior mints. I'll do food at movie theaters. Movie theaters that do meals yeah. i will do that i don't do popcorn and just candy because it i'd rather wait and have like food before or after you oh, know? oh i missed i missed food i was like i want my movie theater popcorn i hadn't had any since jeff bought that big See, bag so my speaking of movie theater popcorn i have never hate ate popcorn so much in my life as i did <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I got to the theater. Remember when I had to? I I was still hungry. I got up, went, got yes. some popcorn, came back. I remember you. You I actually started, had a little. I swear there was like a. I, I it was like. I hadn't had a chance to eat, and I because I got to the movie theater early, and then because you guys were late, I didn't have my my you know anything. And then you guys were late. Sorry, not not to blame you, but no, no, it's uh, all Steve's fault. So. <laughs> I got that popcorn and I got into the theater and I'm sitting down watching the movie. I grabbed the first handful and I'm like, this is cold. (laughs) How is the popcorn cold? He just got this out of the thing. Like just now. And I was just like, I'm too hungry. I'm just going to eat cold popcorn. And yeah, it was, it was, it was not good. (laughs) Wow. Anyways, it was wow. just like that everything was, was piling on top. Yeah. That was my movie. It was, it was, it was fun going with Jeff. And and I'm like, I, I go out, walk out of the theater, and I turn to my uh, in-laws, and I'm like, I want to super kick that kid right in the face. And then it wow. turned out to be the kid's parents and not your in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Paulette's stepmother turned to me, and she's the nicest lady. Never heard. She goes, I wanted to kill that kid. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I wanted to kill that kid. And she's like a churchgoer and everything. Right, right. Yeah, I wanted to kill that nice. kid. Holy mackerel. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah, that wasn't just you then. Yeah. God. Anything else, Matt? No, that's it. What about you, Kirsten? What geeky things did you do this week? Uh, well, besides, let me tell you about my trip. To, oh. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. You took, she took that from you. Yeah. Yeah. So Steve's in town. So, of course, uh-huh. that means I got to watch some bad movies. And we watched. Dude. We, no. we watched. <laughs> the original. Uh, uh, 
The Manster. A weird fucking, I think it was a 50s movie. It's set in Japan, and it's kind of like Japanese actors and American actors, and it's basically an American International Pictures joint, American International. They, they're the ones who originally brought in the Godzilla movies, and they also do tons of low-budget stuff. And it was really funny. It was just, it was a funny one because it's a, a scientist conducts an experiment on this un, unwilling, unwitting guy. And we just joked about that. Uh, the funnest part was we actually showed Jeff the ending, just the ending, yeah. later on the night of Dune because we watched uh, the old Dark House as well. That's an old universal horror with uh, Charles Lawton, uh, Boris Karloff, right. uh, Raymond Massey. So, you know, but it's. It, it kind of was like a low-grade arsenic and old lace. I sort of kept joking, Steve, I could see one of your theater groups doing this as a stage play. <laughs> he actually looked up to see if there was a stage version. There isn't. <clears throat> so watch that. But it ended kind of abruptly. So we were like, wow, that was quick. And so then one we of those were, were like, is that it? Yeah. I mean, it, well, no, you know what? It was kind of funny because it sort of had a drawn-out denouement but then when it ended, it's done. Boom. Yeah. Wow. So, but we were like, oh, Jeff, you want a fast ending. So I went to the ending of Manster, which is literally big fight. Girl runs in, goes, oh, honey, bam, the end. At the end. Yep. I mean, it really smash cut to the end. It was amazing. And in many ways, appropriately, you know, for something that I made an association with Japanese, because I have seen some Japanese movies that end on a dime. They just stop cold. Or like Sword of Doom, which ends mid-scene. He's like fighting a battle in a burning building. You mean like The Sopranos? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get so, me started on that one. Oh, my goodness. So, so we watched those. And uh, then I watched the uh, debut of uh, uh, Critical Role Season 3, which was fun. Oh, I did see that too. Yeah. yeah. So, And there was... Uh, one killer joke bit that went that just actually killed it was pretty funny and i i just enjoyed it it's nice seeing them back in action and everything so nice. looking forward to the new to the new season i've only seen maybe like an episode i enjoy it i enjoy uh, i got into it like uh when i was when i had lost the job at ka and things were really bad and i was just getting into it but then i had the time so i binged and I caught up to it and watched season one, and then I got wrapped up in it. And then our friend, uh, friend of the podcast, Bonnie Gordon, who worked at Star Trek briefly and has become a voiceover actor in uh, L.A. With a lot of credits now. I just looked <clears throat> yeah. that up recently, and I was like, I didn't know she did this, 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 and this. She, she's gotten, yeah. yeah she did not waste her prolific. time in the past uh 12 10 years. years, 10 or 12 years that she's been in L.A. Because she left Trek before we closed in 2008, and she went to L.A. eventually, just like within months. So, and she smashed it. So, but um, she she knows a lot of, the, a lot of the, that crowd, and so I was just like getting into that, and, and I just, I enjoy watching it now. I enjoy watching them, and they're actually also a pretty good group of people that's one of the nice things about the critical role crowd 
So don't they do? Isn't it different people each season? No, no it's the same core, the same. but they'll bring in guests. Oh, okay. In fact, sometimes they celebrity sometimes. Yeah, they've started this year with a guest who was uh, in one of their uh, short runs this summer. So, but yeah, they do bring in uh, celebrity guests and stuff like that. So, okay. so yeah, it's uh, I've I've enjoyed that, and uh, that's basically where I've been. Is that cool? How she started her uh, the girl from True Blood. She they brought her in one time. Yeah, that's the show. I started, one of the shows I've seen actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then she started her own thing. I think wasn't it? Did mm-hmm. she do her own thing? Uh, For like, after, yeah, something like after True Blood, she was having difficulty getting parts, and then she did the uh, uh, the Daredevil. Uh, t- uh, Netflix series. No, I know that, but I mean, the, the critical then, role guys brought her in, I think, for Deborah Ann Wall? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she, well, she actually has played for a long time. Right. Yeah. And so when it was first kicking off, they were like, would you like to come in? And back then she was like, mm, you know, because it was the, the, I it think, hadn't become the phenomenon. Yeah. So it's like, uh, and wasn't there a negative perception about it in Hollywood because like, yeah. she was trying to find parts yes. and, uh, you know, if yeah, they found that out. Being, it, being very careful. Yes. And so, but, but once it took off, she, yeah. it was like, oh, well, hell, let's do this. Yeah. But now she's doing her own show. On yeah. Or doing that kind of stuff. She, yeah. she floats on around Twitch now. I haven't seen. Is she doing her own right now? Because I haven't seen anything new. But I don't think I know recently, she's a, but she has. Though, all right. In the past. It was on Twitch as well as... Um, uh-huh. I used to watch it on uh, Geek and Sundry. Yes. Uh, Geek and Sundry's Twitch channel when she... That was the one that where the one, she yeah. would bring in Kevin Smith. She brought in... Um, Shaggy, <laughs> fuck! What's oh my god? I can't. I'm sorry, buddy. I can't remember your name. Um, but you know, she would bring in various and Joe. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Megan, True Blood as well. Yeah, Megan Megan Nello, Nello. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Well, yeah. he's he's a big nerd too. He's yeah. big. Have you time. seen his D and D like his game room in his house? Oh god, yeah, it's crazy. dude, it's crazy. It, dude, it's insane. It's insane. Oh, Vin Diesel too was on our show. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a huge D and Dier. Yeah. Well, he's like the he's like one of the first truly open open stated that he loved it and everything he and i guess uh, colbert yeah stephen colbert goes back talking about oh, yeah. for a long time but um i think he actually the guy who does critical role um he had him on a show and he did like a they a one did, person they one did off a, thing for, yes it was really funny it was funny yeah matt mercer that guy yes yeah. Yeah. matt mercer ran him through a one yeah. shot one person one shot well, I didn't have a lot geeky that I did this week other than I went and saw Dune and watched the B-movies with those guys. So because of that, uh, and because it's uh, pertinent to this discussion, uh, we have an email. Uh, this is from Cthulhu Collector. He writes, I watched the new Dune. Were any of you also upset with how bad the audio levels were? <laughs> I knew you would like this one, Kirsten, because he was having difficulty with this one during the viewing as well. He says, he says, I swear, either the dialogue was too low or the music and effects were too loud. I spent the whole movie turning the volume up and down. It seems like this has been getting worse and worse over the years. Did Hollywood fire anyone who knows how to do sound in movies? I think it tainted my enjoyment of the movie. I liked the old one better. Cthulhu collector. Wow. I have to wow. say, the, per- the the actress that played Jessica, her parts were all low. Rebecca and Ferguson, like, and like, yes. <sighs> That's yeah. exactly the joke I made to Jeff. I was yeah. like, I'm glad it's on HBO Max, because I can turn on the closed captions and figure out what Jessica's saying half the time. Yeah. But I think, I don't. to be honest, I don't really remember being a problem, really, but hers, I mean, she was quiet. Yeah. There, okay. were, a few, yeah. Okay. there were a few moments Here's where a the- scene. Here's a scene. 
when uh, he puts his hand in the box, she's in the outside of the door. What the hell was she saying? Yeah, yeah, That yeah. was the scene where I'm like... There was... Fe- fear is the mind killer and stuff, and but, but there was a hell of a lot of... Right, but it was meant to be a whisper. Yeah, well, even... I'm trying to avoid spoiler talk here, but there were even a couple of moments where Paul had low dialogue that I was having to really strain to hear what he was saying. Yeah. And it wasn't areas where they had subtitled him like he was speaking in a different language. He was literally speaking English and it's like, I can barely yeah. make out what he's saying. It's like, okay, now I know what he's saying, but still you could barely hear it. I agree. But was it for dramatic effect um, or was it poor sound? I, yes. I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I, I would <laughs> yes, just call it like poor sound, but I definitely think that there, there is a work with, there is work with the levels. That, yeah. And well, yeah, I mean, definitely like there were some scenes where, I mean, it, it was the intent, right? Where the volume of this, the sound of like, yes. the, and the music that was playing at the time yeah. was supposed to crescendo and get loud. Yeah. And it, I mean, and it worked really well. And I, I don't know. I felt that flow. I, I, well, that's, that's another comment. Cause I, I kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards a little overscored for, for me, it was, it cause was, like I you mean, there saying, was, yeah, there was a lot dramatic, of dramatic, yeah. but <laughs> that's yeah. reminiscent of the original film. Well, hmm. Well, that was it's sort of like uh, like the the prequels, Star Wars prequels. I mean, there were eventually in in uh, Attack of the Clones. I'm just like, oh well, Jesus I mean, Christ! The, does, the music does was a John, big part of Star Wars. Does John Williams have to? Well, yeah, but does he have to comment on every moment? It was like Jesus Christ. It, it you know, <laughs> it's really funny because oh goddamn it! I found some old Star uh, soundtracks of movies, and like some of them are like. 15 minutes long yeah and it's it's funny now how it's 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 like a two-hour movie yeah there's an hour and 57 minutes of music music. so it was it was a little bit much for there was a lot i mean there was a lot of music that was cool uh i think a lot of the the pseudo or quasi shall we say middle eastern music it like girded that realm just nicely that it was his own stuff but you kind of knew what it was evoking at the Whenever same time. Whenever the Sadakar showed up they had that kind of... Yeah. Right, you know, know. yeah. And there was, there, was, there was cool stuff like that that I, I actually... So um, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask speaking about this also uh, have you guys read the books? I have not. It's long been a long time. Okay, yeah. shit. I'm trying to get a hold of someone who's more recent because I read it about 15 years ago. And one of my 30 cu- for me curious things about it is I don't recall Jessica crying so much. I don't remember her crying from the first original film either. Which yeah, I, I don't. Part of like the thing that they don't do. Well, exactly. It was very unbenegesrit, and so. And I'm my only thought is okay. There was a lot of internal monologue where she's worrying about Paul, so maybe this is a decision to show that. But what? Well, yeah. No. Anyway, so I, well, I was. But anyway. Yeah. All right. I'll shut up. No, just you know. Paul lives. I don't, By yeah. the way. So. You know. <laughs> If for a film that only covers half part of the one. first book. Well, it starts out with uh, part one. Yeah, and, it, and apparently it's not even quite half of the first book. Um, but no, it's not. But we do need to get into some news, so we're going to start with news you don't give a shit about. You will end this now, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no news you don't give a shit about. 
Sci-Fi Wires reports, remember that strange signal from Proximan Centauri that everyone thought was an extraterrestrial techno signature? When astronomers from the Breakthrough Listen project up, picked up on a suspicious signal from Proximan Centauri back in 2019, they could have almost sworn it was an extraterrestrial techno signature. That wasn't just an assumption. The signal actually matched up to what would have been expected to come from an intelligent civilization far from Earth. Civilization far from Earth. Todd's already getting into me already. <laughs> now it turns out the only aliens who created it were Earthlings. Because we must be aliens to someone out there, right? The breakthrough listen astronomers first thought they'd found signals of aliens when they scattered the Proxima Centauri signal and found something that seemed like it was not of this planet. Their hypersensitive detection instruments heard a narrowband signal that didn't fit into any known frequency range. To give you an idea of what an observing Proxima Centauri, uh, what observing Proxima Centauri in radio is actually like, imagine tuning on 800 radio stations at once. Uh, BLC-1, or Breakthrough Listen Candidate-1, was tagged as a possible alien signal which thought to come from the transmitter where somewhere in proximity, Proxima Centauri. Jesus. <laughs> this could only be better if Andy was reading it. That is until the scientists analyzed it and found it was just interference from our own planet. <laughs> they recently published two studies in Nature Astronomy. We found that BLC-1 is not an extraterrestrial techno-signature, but rather an electronically drifting intermodulation product of local time-varying interferers aligned with the observing candidates. I did not read that wrong. That is exactly I, what this says. Okay, I was going to ask. like the scientists sitting down. Best part of waking up is folding your cup. What? <laughs> oh shit! The narrowband by sig- gold, by gold. <laughs> the narrowband signal, a type of signal whose uh, frequency spectrum not only covers a narrow bandwidth, was initially detected by the Parks Marrying Radio Telescope. SETI is an effort bent on finding techno signatures, which bent. would be indicators of alien civilizations that have been able to develop technology of their own. Most other searches for life look for biosignatures that could indicate extraterrestrial microbes or some other form of life that doesn't quite have the brains to create advanced tech. Doesn't quite have the brains. Turns out that sometimes human can, humans can unintentionally create their own signals weirder than science fiction. Really? No shit. You know, the one- Contact is just like... Like a lot of what that whole story, contact is just like flashing in my brain. Right yeah. That one, the cool thing about that though is I do like BLC, the Breakthrough Listening Candidate. Like yep. they have their acronym, and it's it's all ready. They're ready to They're use just it. Waiting. Just you know, lay it on us when they send that Nazi propaganda TV show buried in a signal. Wasn't that Contact or was that another movie? Yeah, it was Contact. Okay, all right. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was the... Right, they, yeah. they filter through it, and then it's a swastika, and it's like... Because it was the... Oh, shit. Yeah, the broadcast from the Yeah, the one that was returned games. to us. Yeah. yeah, one of the first television broadcasts. Yep. That was Contact, the movie version, anyway. Yes. News you don't give a shit about. Emerging young actress Lisette Alexis has landed a the lead in Disney Plus's National Treasure TV series from Disney branded television <laughs> and ABC Signature. They're making a TV show? They wow. are. Nicholas Cage involved? The project, executive <laughs> produced by the film's producer Jerry Bruckheimer, director John Turtletaub, and writers Marianne Cormac Wiberly, is an expansion of the National Treasure franchise 
told from the point of view of a young heroine, Alexis, a dreamer in search of answers about her family, who embarks on the adventure of a lifetime to uncover the truth about the past and save a lost Pan-American treasure. The series whose pilot episode is written by the Wibberleys and will be directed by Mira Nair centers on Jess, a Latina whose brilliant and resourceful mind loves a good mystery, and she has a natural talent for solving puzzles. Over the course of the show, Jess will uncover her own buried history, as well as the truth about her parents and her connection to a long-lost treasure. In the TV extension of the National Treasure franchise, Jess is taking the proverbial torch from Benjamin Gates, the National Treasure film's protagonist played by Nicolas Cage. <gasps> so Cage is out, to answer your question, Matt. Uh, McCormick he like and... The, the, what? The whole what? movie. Like, he made those films. Yes, True. he did. But he's busy with a bunch of B-movies right Jiu-Jitsu now. Jiu-Jitsu so. 3, hey, 4. Pig 2. Pig was good. You know, Willie's Wonderland, The Return... Cormac and Marion Wibberly, Brookheimer, and Turtletaub executive produced the series alongside Rick Murray. Yeah. Wow. I should have phonetically spelled this out one. Miraguri? I, Miraguay? I don't know. Miraguay. Producer of Suits. It's a little tiny country uh, right between Uruguay and Paraguay. Who also serves as a writer, as well as Jerry Bruckheimer Television's Jonathan Littman and Christy Ann Reed. Nair is executive producing the pilot. Production is starting in early 2022. This kind of sucks. Like, I don't know. We've been waiting for another National Treasure yeah. movie. And, and, like, now they're giving it to us. But, oh, sorry. It's a totally different story. It's just going to well. have the same type of premise. It sucks. Well, that's why I put it in news you don't give a shit well, about. Well, dude. It could turn hey, out to be something, but... And, I mean, and 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 look, Nicolas Cage, I love the man. I've spoken about it a number of times, but do you really want to make a TV series no. with Nicolas Cage? Yeah. Uh, you know, just... Okay. Okay, I, I get it. I, <laughs> I see where you're coming from. I uh, love the man, but, you know, let's, yeah, let's, let's do this in like, two or three month chunks of filming and... right. He so. did do what was it? The history of curse words or oh, the yeah, origin of that, that was good. Oh, and that was a TV series. You know no, what? It was that was a Netflix series? Okay, da, Todd, just cut all that part out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that can only bring us to Weekend Geek. Yay! Gizmodo. I, I was I was torn where to put this one. Gizmodo reports Facebook, which today changed its name to Meta just for fun is making changes to its virtual reality division to match its rebrand. Meta CTO Andrew Bosworth announced that the company would transition away from the Oculus branding beginning in 2022. We have a strong attachment to the Oculus brand, and this was a very difficult decision to make, Bosworth wrote in a Facebook post. While we're retiring the name, I can assure you that the original Oculus Vision remains deeply embedded in how Meta will continue to drive mass adoption for VR today. The Quest virtual reality headset isn't actually going anywhere. Its name change, er, its name is changing to MetaQuest, and Facebook Reality Labs is being rebranded Reality Labs. Meta's VR AR division. The Oculus app will be rebranded to Meta, Quest, Facebook's portal division is getting the name same same yeah, same name name treatment. Jesus Christ, what a word salad they wrote. It will now be known as the Meta Portal. Rolls off the tongue, no? 
Haha. Were you supposed to say that? No, that actually uh, that's actually oh, in the dialogue. Okay, okay. okay. Why is this story not in the show that we should about? I told you this. This the first, the, our first article, like kind of teeters between it because it was more like uh, they're changing the name and everything, and they're dropping the Oculus. It's just one of those things. Okay. We won't, we won't forget that your evil Facebook, okay? So don't, don't, we're changing our name, going in a new direction. Yes, we're we're rebranding as not evil Facebook. Yeah, exactly. TM. Uh, on the positive side, Facebook is ditching the requirement to have a Facebook account to use Oculus, which is the least the company could do. It remains one of the major points of buying the $300 virtual reality headset. Facebook will be hanging on to the Horizon branding for its socially focused virtual reality experiences with oh, the yeah. transition to Meta. Meta. Dropping the Oculus brand is a baby step towards separating Facebook's virtual reality hardware and software divisions from the divisive social network. But we'll have to wait and see if it'll be enough to convince non-Facebook users to step into the metaverse. Nope, nothing will. Nope. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, good luck there, guys. Yeah. <clears throat> now, this next one, uh, I actually like this one a lot, which is why I put it we in here. We shall see, Jeff. <laughs> what? I, don't, I think we'll see if he likes it. We'll know. I think we know right now, man. Look, Mikey, to, he likes it. <laughs> according to Gizmodo, if there's something strange in the neighborhood, then you should probably call 911 rather than spend $400 on this life-sized replica of Egon Spengler's proton pack from Ghostbusters. But if your neighborhood seems reasonably normal and you have cash to spare, this is your chance to own a nigh-perfect recreation of the Ghostbusting equipment you can strap onto your own back. HasLab, basically Hasbro's Patreon for high-end toys, is not going to make unless fans promise to buy them. They've opened a crowdfunding for the Spengler Proton Pack, ah. directly scanned from the prop scene in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Not only will it have, uh, not only will it have working lights, sounds, and a motor, there will be a switch you can flip to choose either Afterlife or classic 1984 Ghostbusters sound effects. Furthermore, the prop even has a metal V-hook bracket that connects to the metal V-hook bracket on the normal bottom of the Neutrona wand. The Neutrona wand being another Hasbro Pulse item you can pre-order for $125. If you're not up on your Ghostbusters equipment lingo, the Neutrona wand, well, it's the ghost gun that connects to the proton pack. Wait a minute. That's sold separately? Yes, of course. Yep. That's ridiculous. Oh, that's hilarious. So if you really want to get... Your cosplay on, you're looking at dropping a $525 total for the pair. That is, assuming the Proton Pack project gets fully funded, but I wouldn't be too worried about that. More than half of the 7,000 backers needed have already signed up since the project launched yesterday, and there are still 45 days to go. So I uh, actually did back this um, just for the pack because I actually already have the Neutrona one that was the previous release, which is supposed to be compatible with this. I got it on clearance at uh, GameStop a while back, and it was basically 50% off. So, Well, Proton Pack uh, reverse compatibility is very important. Yes, it's very yeah. important. Yes. Um, I looked at the... They don't have the actual prototype yet. Um, they did show a little bit of it at uh, this uh, exclusive pick for uh, Hasbro, HasLab um, premium customers. But um, according to the, the video that I watched on it, they went and scanned, laser scanned the, the hero props from the new Ghostbusters Afterlife and then compared it with uh, the remaining props from the 84 movie. And it's about as close to an exact replica as you can get. 
So I'm actually kind of excited about it. Um, it's like I said, it's four hundred dollars for the for the pack um, if it gets funded. So, so basically, I don't know. You'll run into Jeff running around the house here. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I'm it's, afraid no ghosts. Well, I mean, it's another one of those limited run things, and course. I'm like, you know, I've always wanted one since I was a little kid, and because it's a, I mean, there's stretch goals to to you know enhance Ooh, the thing, yeah. but I have a feeling like based on what I saw today, um, they were more than you know they were more than halfway to their 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 first stretch goal, and I have no doubt they'll probably hit them all. But uh, well, you know, hey, when we were kids. Your proton pack was a cardboard box and yeah. Yep. Oh, I built one vacuum of, hose. Yeah. I built so, one. Of, yeah, I built one out of cardboard, yeah. sprayed paint in it go. black. It uh, didn't have any lights on it, but spray painted. Wow, there's 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 luxury right yep. there. Rattle can and the black spray paint. So yeah, yeah. Like, what are you doing, boy? Get that off your back. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Occasionally, Haslab puts out puts out some pretty good stuff that I I'm like, ooh, I want to have that. Like a uh, uh, little while ago, I is it couple weeks ago now i think they um no actually it's just a week ago excuse me they um they did a uh, a new version of the sky striker from gi joe the uh, the f14 replica and this is this isn't like a remanufacture from the old molds they they made it a brand new sculpt and it's supposed to be uh proportional uh it's proportion wise more close to the the cartoon version uh, and much more detailed, and it actually has a, like a display stand and stuff to put it on. So I backed that one too. So plus you can we'll have see what happens. Those, you can have all those cat memes. I can has labs. Yeah, there you go. Give him a little <laughs> lab dog. I can. Yeah, wolf. Meg. Well, yeah. since we've already talked a little bit about this uh, prior to this week. Fans that went and saw Dune, uh, or I should say prior to yesterday, fans that went and saw Dune probably were going, what the fuck? There's, you know, there's, this is all we're getting and, and there's no sequel announced. Well, for the fans of Dune, news part for part two coming out October 2023 is excellent. That means we will for sure see what happens next with Paul Atreides. For Dune part one writer, director Delos Villeneuve, it's Den- great news. Denny. 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 Whatever. Denny. <laughs> it's French. Canadian. Denny. I don't care. <laughs> Dennis Villanueva. I've been calling him Dennis Villanueva for a while because I thought it was Hispanic and uh, no. apparently it's now French. Canadian, French. so whatever. It, it's now. Yeah, he he did it's it right it before always. the movie because yeah. he thought it would be Todd, good for promotion. Todd can have Feige. <laughs> You'll have Villanova? Villanova? I mean, Todd can have Fige and I'll have uh, Villanueva. (laughs) Denny Villanueva. It's great news, too, but unlike the fans, he has a bigger issue. Actually making the movie in time. Mm. It's fantastic news, but it's also kind of a burden, the director told Hollywood Reporter. The good news is that a lot of the work has been done already regarding design, casting, locations, and writing, so we're not exactly starting from scratch. It's not a long period of time, but I will try to face that challenge because it's important for me that the audience sees part two as soon as possible. It's not a sequel where it's another episode or another story with the same characters. It's actually directly... it actually has direct continuity to the first the movie. Continuation well, of the yeah, story. it's part two. It's the yes. second part of the big, huge movie that I'm trying to do. So mm. the sooner, the better. 
Should have done they, it already. They, 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 you know, I mean, I understand them being the big shots being gun shy, yeah. but they really should have Lord of the Rings did. Yeah, and they just, did. Yeah. They should have. They just do the whole. Well, I mean, it, it was a bold move, too, making one film and cutting it off at where he did because yeah. not knowing whether you're going to get a sequel. Oh, people would have been to, pissed. Oh, I, I'd have been livid because why would I have spent right. my movie to see less than half of the first yeah. book that little kid in matt's theater would have just been like lost it. Lost it i completely. don't understand <laughs> the, man, <laughs> the man babies would have thrown yeah, a yeah. major well that, fit, that right? kid's a man baby in the making yeah. You yeah. Can, of course they're probably already throwing a fit <laughs> anyway when the women with powers in the women being able to tell you what to do that just makes sense in the same interview, Villeneuve uh, admits... Pr- I can't say it. Ad- were, admits production... Close. I was close. Villeneuve. Uh, admits production probably won't start until fall of 22, even though that would Oof. be fast, he said. Wow. Leaving only a year for both production and post-production. Wow. <laughs> it's not impossible, of course, but it's not the easiest thing either with a film of that size. It's getting delayed. Thankfully, he says he has, feels re-energized thanks to the positive reactions of the film has been getting. To know that people are enjoying the movie and that the movie has created enthusiasm, it does give me the necessary energy to do part two, he said. Even from a very egocentric point of view, that joy gives me energy. That's what I will say. If it was the opposite and nobody had shown up to the theater, I don't know where I would find the necessary stamina to face the challenge of part two. And as we'd previously reported, that energy could even carry over into the next Frank Herbert's Dune series, Dune Messiah. Herbert. Herbert. It's Herbe. Hebert. No, it's Hebert. not. It's Hebert. Hebert. Yes. Hebert. <laughs> Somewhere April's yelling. <laughs> if things go well with part two, I could foresee the idea of maybe doing a third movie, Dune Messiah. There's, that would make sense to me, the director said. There's 21 fucking books. Right. There's 21 books. Kevin J. Anderson, who is listed as a consultant, and Brian Herbert, who is an executive producer, I believe, they they continued. Oh, they did. There was more more than foundation continued. There were a lot. Can tell you about that. There were a lot of his relatives that were producers on this film. I was watching that that first credits, and it said executive producer, and there were like six Herberts. Yeah, yeah. But Brian Brian had carried on. A lot of the sequel writing, and then he started collaborating with Kevin J. Anderson. I, I'm pretty sure, could have been the other way around, but I'm pretty sure it was he started off. But yeah, there are tons. He did, I think, only five or six, because like Children of Dune, Dune Messiah. I remember Children of Dune. My parents read all the Dune books. Mm -hmm, I remember. My mom did too. Yeah, yeah. like we down the hallway in the house we grew up. That's where they kept them all. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had all the Wheel of Time. So my parents also, you know, they got me into reading. Um, and all the Dune. My dad had all yeah. of them. Chapter House Dune. So, and then and then they just start going crazy yeah. with. So I with, guess I should have remembered there was 21, huh? Uh, well. Because they had them all. Maybe. I don't know. It's, you know, they're still, I think they're, he's still cranking them out. I yeah, think I they're mean, still yeah, making them. I, yeah, I think they're. Weren't there some that were just like 10 years ago or something like that? Yes. Maybe 20 years ago? Yeah. yeah. And they're I like, thought so. they're prequels there's right. a butlerian jihad where you find out you know why there are mentats and no computers there's it's insane and they really cover all the fucking like every notes. nook and cranny yeah 
Well, the navigators are the way they are. Well, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. The director continues, after that, to answer your question, I think that I will make some other movies. Let's call them big movies regarding the ambition and scope. And later on, when I'm too tired to do that, I will go back to some smaller projects, he laughs. But for now, I have the energy to do this. He's going to need it. The clock is ticking. And Dune Part 2 is slated to be in theaters just about two years from now on October 20th, 2023. Well, so, did they finish filming Willy Wonka? I don't think so. Mm, okay. I don't know. They're All remaking right. Willy Wonka again? Yeah, with uh, what's his name as the lead? As, um, as Willy Wonka. Oh, or, uh, so Chalamet. Yeah. yeah. Timothy. Timothy. He literally, well, he didn't literally go from Dune to that because Dune was like shot like two years ago or whatever. But uh, yeah, he's doing that right now. Okay. Well, oh, I, I, sand oh. words of, Sandworms of Dune 2007, but Sands of Dune mm-hmm. 2020. Gotcha. Wow. 2022. Wait a minute. It hasn't even been written. Time paradox. <laughs> okay. Wow. Hunters of Dune. Heretics. Of- Good titles. I like these titles. Well, I'm sorry. That's all right. I-, I wasn't sure how I felt about this one, but I still felt like it was a, a Weekend Geek article because it just kind of goes with something that we've talked about on the show before. Uh, Sci-Fi is war reporting. It seems we owe... Macleth and the rest of the Dark Elves an apology. Thor the Dark World no longer Malekith? holds the Malekith. <laughs> Malekith? And I think you only know that because we just rewatched that film very no, recently. No, I knew Malekith before that. Did you? Yes. Well, you know what? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right then. Maple Leaf Matt. See you guys next week. <laughs> you were saying? Uh, Thor the Dark World no longer holds the not so covetable record for worst reviewed film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That particular honor has officially been taken over by Chloe Zhao's Eternals, whose current score of 63% on Rotten Tomatoes is three points lower than the one held by Dark World. Bear in mind, this is a movie that is not even out yet. <laughs> Which means it's a lot of just, yes. yeah. We did it! Professional yeah, reviewers, and a lot of the general public does not agree with their hey, reviews. That's going to be reviewers. Eternal! You want Eternal? I'll be Eternal 63%! Yeah! The critical consensus for Eternals reads... Yeah, consensus! An ambitious superhero epic that soars slightly more often than it strains. Eternals takes the MCU in intriguing and occasionally confounding new directions. I was confounded! I I just... I can't understand... (laughs) I know some professional reviewers have already seen the film... Because we're less than a month away right. Right. from its debut. Oh, it's next week. Is it? Yes, you're yeah. right. It is next week. I was thinking it was still a couple weeks away. No, but it's yeah, next week. That's it right. Is. I just, I, I, I've been losing track of time lately with the way that we, I mean, I'm back to 40 hours a week now. And, and you know, it's just, it's the weeks merge together. Not to mention, you know, working with Barry on uh, the website and the podcast and all that stuff. Even though he's doing the majority of the work, it, it takes my brain and mashes all of the days well, and you're interacting together. with Barry that tells us the whole story it's, it's a bit of a strain oh, I'm sure Deb can agree yeah, you know. yeah. he's he's difficult to deal with at times he's probably screaming at the mic somewhere here or no, screaming he, at he, the... he's nodding his head and having a sip of whiskey is what he's and probably doing. snickering and, and, and yeah and, and maybe doing a little smoky. fuck you yeah but smoky. the thing that I eat <laughs> peaty mossy I think no, that the thing <laughs> that I think the hate thing that I hate the most about these types of the hate thing that you hate the most 
so you're hating a hate thing? Yeah, I, I, I hate the fact that it's getting such negative reviews when it's still not a lot yes. of reviewers that are seeing it. Right. right. It's a very select few reviewers that are seeing it. And the this. general public hasn't been able to see yes. it yet. Yeah. And I'm sure the public consensus will change once it's out in the theaters. But it just, it, it concerns me that this is a thing already on a news article because, like I said, the movie has not been seen by very many people yet. And a lot of your quote-unquote professional reviewers these days are not always the most unbiased when it comes no. to their movie reviews. Not, has, has not Rotten, to mention who they're sponsored by. Has Rotten Tomatoes fixed the, uh, the, the whole review bombing thing? Because they claim they have, but things that I have read online said that there are certain ways to circumvent their protections and still ruin a movie's meta scores so or critic score or whatever they call it nowadays so i mean going back to that like thor dark world i didn't think it was a bad movie now it, when you yeah. look at it at, in the whole you know marvel universe scope sure. yeah it's not the greatest of the movies but it wasn't a bad film i went back and watched it a second time after i got my blu-ray sets because I, I only saw it the one time in the theater. When I went back and watched it, I appreciated it more for what it was. Right, for the, the pieces of the story yeah. it gave you. Yes. And I did feel like it, the storytelling was a bit compressed because it did seem like there were big leaps from one plot point to the next. Um, and you had to, it was almost like it was put upon the audience to kind of fill in the gaps on yeah. your own, either through your own comic book knowledge or, you know, your imagination say, oh, okay, I can imagine now how they got from point c to point d now so and and wasn't the uh, the infinity stone connection by way of the ether like yes. kind of squeezed in there uh I, I, that i don't know i can't i can't comment on that i'm not sure i don't know if it was always part of the plan or if that was, was a too. retcon yeah i think it was kind of kind of at that point kind to of give the in. movie a little bit more meaning in the storyline exactly to, yeah to make to to make the connection yeah because that whole thing was just the ether and the, the the roiling, boiling, whatever the hell it is, and the stone comes out of that. And well, no, it came out of her. No, it. Yeah. Where did it come from? Is it like a Gwyneth Paltrow jade egg? I don't. Yeah, it was. I don't know. <laughs> How does that happen? <laughs> oh but, my goodness. <laughs> How does but, it happen? I don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yes yeah oh god that that we pitch, watched me watched on the, all those is so good uh did you guys did you guys see by any chance uh, a, a youtube advert for a dune pitch meeting no steve and jeff swear that they saw a thumbnail but when we looked for it couldn't find it there is, there is no dune pitch meeting which is in of itself kind of weird so maybe it got taken down i were... think i saw it monday night before i went to bed so like when i got home from work so it would have been technically early tuesday morning when i got home from work i don't remember seeing it late tuesday night or on wednesday yeah because we did try to watch it yes so i'm wondering if he yanked it to re-edit it because of the sudden announcement of the sequel the sequel he loves to do those banger those banger endings yes. in moments so that and that would be it and that, that would be that, a joke it's like yeah. you know are you really going to give them uh, it only here? half a story and yeah. not guarantee a sequel well yeah and yeah. then 
You'd be like, nobody will care, and then you know, yep. roll into something else. So, right. and and maybe he didn't do that and wanted to add it in. By the way, folks, in case you haven't picked up, yeah, the movie kind of ends mid-story, but there's yeah. there's it, that's no huge spoiler considering how big Dune is. My yeah. joke is that Dune Villeneuve's Villeneuve's I don't know Villeneuve's uh, Dune Villeneuve's uh, Dune is Empire Strikes Back as though there was no original Star Wars before yeah. it. So it's sort of like Act 2, but it does. you didn't quite have an Act 1. It does feel like an Act 2, and you're like, okay, where's the, the lead-in? Yeah, So, so, but it's still... Uh, and on top of that, talking about our theater experiences, I, didn't, I don't think I mentioned I like the movie. <laughs> yeah, so it was an enjoyable it, film. It's uh, uh, visually, visually amazing. Yeah. Uh, watching that and, and Blade Runner 2049... 2040 whatever it was uh apparently this guy likes deserts but um it 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 i really did enjoy i did enjoy the movie so and i'm looking very much looking forward to the uh to the sequel to part two so anyway well going back to the the article because i actually had more and i didn't realize it i i edited (laughs) myself out on that one uh so, Sci-Fi Wire has seen the movie and can get behind that takeaway. Personally speaking, we found the film to be a refreshing chapter for this on-screen mythos, and that's been going strong for over a decade now. But to quote Obadiah Stone's white Russian drinking alter ego, that's just like our opinion, man. It's not quite worth... It's also worth noting, 63% is still above the average on the overall scale. Just, you know, not very much over average. Based on the reviews that have been coming online since Sunday, Xiao's film, while beautifully shot and clearly the result of a single filmmaker's creative vision, bites off a little more than it can chew. Understandable since the movie has to introduce an entire team of heroes at once while balancing a narrative that spans 7,000 years. For those of us growing mad weary with superhero fatigue, there's no escaping the usual drawbacks of a pro... pro uh, of a prolix runtime, a dense overabundance of plot and the narrative limitations inherent to the formula, wrote David Rooney in his review of the Hollywood for the Hollywood Reporter. But from the early stage of Circe emerging from a London underground station at Piccadilly Circus to the dreamy strains of Pink Floyd's "Time," the soulless uh, God damn it! Wow. Is it, is it an hour and a half in? Yep, it sure is. One thirty. <laughs> ah, let's take that again. Uh, if I can find my spot. There we go. The soulfulness, the com... You're going to make them laugh, son. You're going to laugh. I was looking at a screen. Oh, I was like trying to figure out what you were doing. You're like leaning into me reading, here. And I'm like, over his what shoulder. are you doing? Piccadilly Floyd time. The sulfonous, the contemplative weight of Zhao's vision at least puts this among the more interesting and original entries in the ever-expanding canon. If you need a refresher, originally meant to be helmed by Wonder Woman's Patty Jenkins, who exited the project over creative differences, Thor's The Dark World was ultimately directed by TV vet Alan Taylor, uh, famous for The Sopranos and Game of Thrones. The sequel finds Thor, Chris Helmsworth, battling against the Dark Elves for control of the Aether, a MacGuffin that turns out to be the Space Stone. Taika Waititi went on to revitalize the Thor series with 2017's 
Ragnarok. Oh, I love that film. And once, My favorite. Yeah. And once Love and Thunder opens next summer, Marvel's God of Thunder will be the MCU hero with the most solo feature films under his belt. That's another Taika Waititi, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it so sure excited. is. Yeah. So excited. Really funny, too, because there's an article that, that just has been making the rounds in his yeah. interview where he was like, I'm not in Age of Ultra. Am I being written out? Is this it? <laughs> yeah, is it I, over? Yeah, and I, he's going to have the most. I almost put that one in here because they're, they're like, oh, no, you're going to be off doing your own thing. And he's like, Oh my God! Uh-huh. This is it. I'm done. And da, then da, you know, da. yeah. And then and now he's going to be the the yeah. the character with the most solo well, films. Dude, dude, you know what? Guardians of the Galaxy came out. We're all like, wow, holy yeah. mackerel! But then Ragnarok hit, oh, and, yeah. and everyone was just like, oh my God! And that just sort of like catapulted. I mean, I mean, the character as yeah. well as this. Shall we call it the sub franchise? Yes. You know, it it just just took it way out there and made it so and yeah. total side note so i forgot we watched another movie when we got home last friday free guy we watched it on uh, amazon nice and i i guess i just never realized i'm like that taiko that's his real just talking voice yeah. is the character from uh ragnarok yeah the rock guy i'm no, like man, to, oh yeah, yeah. the whole time i'm watching i'm like no he's the rock guy i'm <laughs> like seeing the rock he's, guy it's a little over exaggerated but yeah it's it's just his normal voice Wow, it was crazy. It was good. That was also a good movie. On on a side note, is anybody else like taking a pause when I read that 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 uh, Ragnarok was 2017? That's four years ago now. <laughs> almost coming up on five. Yeah. I, I read that. I'm like, I had to go back. And I'm like, did I read that? right? Well, I mean, remember we had yeah. like a, almost really like a year of no new movies. Yes, so. that is true. Crazy. Eternals arrives in theaters everywhere next Friday, November 5th. Uh, Richard Madden plays Icarus, Gemma Chan, Cersei, Sama Hayek, Ajak, Kumail Nanjani, Kingo, Leah McHugh is Sprite, Brian Tyree Henry is Phaistos, Lauren Ridloff, <laughs> Makari, Barry Keegan is Druig, Don Lee is Gilgamesh, Angelina Jolini is uh, Jolie <laughs> is Thena. I, I blended her, her character name together with the next one. And Kit Harrington plays Dane Whitmer. They Whitman. all co-star. Whitman? Yeah. Unless no. they change it for nope. the movie. It is Dane Whitman. Excuse yeah. me. It, uh, they all co-star in the upcoming film. It, yeah, one thing I will say that those reviews kind of hint at is it kind of sounds like an Avengers without any of the solo movies leading up yeah. to it, which yeah. is probably where it's coming yeah. from being so stuffed. So this is like a DC movie then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like a DC Justice League. Yeah. I'm a DC fan, but... Yikes. Uh, yeah. Yikey. Crikey. I like the Eternals, but it is... I mean, it was it was Jack Kirby riffing on Chariots of the Gods yeah. and having having tons of fun with it. Uh, this is, this is going to be an interesting... An interesting move, though. Yeah. But I agree with you, Jeff. The, this whole pre-review shit, I'm, I'm definitely... Don't use it! Tips are strength! Well, I, I mean, and it seems like the type of people they get to do these early reviews yeah. are not the type of people that either like or appreciate Yeah, really. What are movies. they doing getting yeah. into these fucking reviews? I know. It's, it's like the type of people that you would send... To go see that small a, independent yeah. film, yeah, yeah. So that it's like they want too much out of it, or it's almost like the the whole Scorsese comment about you know they're popcorn films, they're not real cinema. It's like, well, 
they are. It's just not your brand of cinema. Right. I'm sorry. Thor Ragnarok. Like, yeah. That was cinematically a gorgeous oh, yeah. film. Gorgeous. The, the color palette was amazing. Oh. The music. Um, all the music, the music yeah. was amazing. It like, hit. It hit so many notes. Yeah. Forget it's a superhero movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok was an amazing film. It was beautiful. Yeah. When I when I was going through like story writing and script writing classes, they were talking about how the story is the story. If you can write a good story, you can take it and put it into multiple genres and still have an enjoyable film. Mm. Mm-hmm. So as long as you have a strong core story, the 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 genre that you put it in shouldn't matter. I think does that's that does very that apply true. for Fern Gully? Because we've seen that movie now like six different right. ways, different things. You well, know, Avatar. Right. Well, yeah. I mean. Hollywood does tend to repeat the same idea over and over and over again. No, because they're very. They have all the creative. I can't even say. It no, <laughs> they do it because it makes money. If it, you yeah. could have said it, if you'd used the man baby way. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I mean, we've talked about this in the show before. That like, I can't stand. I mean, there's so many unique new ideas that they aren't willing to back because they just want the money. Yeah, because I mean, well, it's it, you know, they're, and they're, they're, it's a huge investment. It is. I mean, but it, you're it, never gonna know unless you invest. I, that's true. And it's we, true. But and we, yeah, we talk about the the pitch meeting on Screen Rant, but like a lot of actual pitch meetings where you only have five minutes with a studio type yeah. that's gonna green light your film. One of the easiest ways they do it is like, okay, so it's Fern Gully, but it's set in space. In the far future, right? And okay, I got it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, a lot of directed I, by James Cameron, 3D. Okay, I, I remember there was a uh, a yeah. producer that came and talked to one of our classes, and he talked about how as much as you want to feel like the executives that you're pitching your project to are supremely intelligent people, and uh-huh. you know they they balance that 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 story and the cost of what it's going to cost to to produce your project. He said a lot of times you really, really have to dumb it down a lot because he said you might have a five-minute meeting that once you get sat down, you have two minutes and they're out to lunch after that. And and they're halfway out the door before you even get settled into your pitch. Perfect example, Squid Game. Yeah. That was done like three or four years ago. And he was pedaling around to all the different, no one picked it up because they couldn't get it. Yeah. It, it well, happens. Harry Potter, not movie, book series, but same thing. Like, she had the story, and you know, no one got it. But right. Anyway. But um, my career, I mean, you know, nobody's getting it. But no, I'm assuming it's like <laughs> most of the time when you're pitching these things, you're going in, and the people you're talking to, it's like, so think Fast and the Furious or yeah. Mission Impossible. Those are the movies they want to hear or they want you to bring, and so you have to yeah. sell to them. And it's like, it's like trying to dumb down something scientific yeah to someone with like a elementary school education well it it's funny because pitch meeting kind of hits that it it it's now he's sort of entered into the zone of meta commentary on uh on hollywood tropes and right you know uh, shortcuts and what have you that they do in movies but he also kind of hits how how you actually have to shoot this stuff to these guys yeah to the Executive producer Ozzy Matt, who you know is part of the money when it comes to movies. Now, yeah. TV shows, executive producers are usually the showrunners. For some reason, they don't use the title showrunner though. So it's that 
tends to be. But money is the yeah. major connection for executive producer and some studio face. We, yeah. we got this question earlier today. So You'll occasionally get um, somebody that will be listed as a head writer that is also uh, often a showrunner, even though they don't have the showrunner title. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with movies, a lot of times executive producer... Is money, too. Yeah, it's... But sometimes it's somebody that is not hands-on with the film at all. It's... Mm -mm. You you get them to put their name on your film... To help push so that, it through. Yes, so that the studios will give you money. Yep. Right. And, and occasionally, they will go into the pitch with you so that they can see that you're serious about getting your film produced and that you have that <laughs> celebrity backing. And then that might be the last time you ever see them as far as an executive yeah. producer. I mean, there's there's a lot of different roles. I know that um, with Band of Brothers, Tom Hanks was an executive producer and he directed a couple episodes of it. And he was also one of the few executive producers who was present for a lot of the filming, not all of it, but he was there if somebody needed stuff. Yeah, You have the occasional executive producer slash producer that is there all the time, but a lot of times it's only the producer producer that is, you know, on set or, you know, available if you need something. Yeah, They're well, there to get stuff for you. They're either on, they could be on multiple projects. They could yeah. be making tons of, I, I've read some stuff where it's like some, some guys, and, and some women are actually actually they're raising money for the movie yeah. during production. Oh yeah, they never stop. Yeah, so they're they're constantly at it. And if it's filming, they also might be at, uh, starting to coordinate with marketing and doing that stuff, getting that rolling. Jerry Weintraub, I think was his name, was famous for that. He was a producer uh, uh, with George Clooney on I think all the Ocean films. He, he had a lot of other uh, film credits, but he was famous for working every single day. So he would right. be on the set, but he would also be on the phone yeah. securing like sponsorships, money, etc. to keep the filming going. Mm. And not only that, he would also go through the books. And uh, one of the stories I remember vividly was uh, Warner Brothers was charging them for bottled water at some, like these little 12 ounce bottles of water and they were charging him something ridiculous, like five or seven dollars a bottle. Holy crap! And it was in the budget, and they're like, "He's like, wait a minute, why is this in here?" He's like, "Well, the studio is providing the water for us." He's like, "Yeah, but this is exorbitant pricing." And so he cut that item out of the budget and like sent somebody to Costco and bought like a shitload of bottled water for this this the to the set for all the crew and the uh, and the the actors. And sliced something ridiculous, oh, I'm sure. like twenty or thirty thousand yeah, dollars out of the budget. I'm sure. So that he said, that's more money I can put towards you know A, B, and C, more important things. But uh, one day of filming for yeah, Nick yeah. Cage, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I mean, not just in Hollywood, but like large corporations with oh, yeah. big the, oh. like the cost of some of these things. That he sounds like he's talking about the Department of Defense. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, they, it's ridiculous. Know, it's yeah. It's yeah. They pad the budget with a lot of stuff. And I like that it's the studio. Yeah. It's like, well, we're going to, you know, hey, Jeff. You, yeah, you uh, have to buy this from us. Jeff, here's yes. that hundred bucks I owe you. Can you buy me dinner? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, you can use our our, our, our lot for the next three months. Yeah. I'm going to need you to do this for me now. Mm, yep. So, I don't know. Anyway. Oh, and if you if you put some money into a real small 
budget movie, you'll get you'll get executive producer credit too. That's true too. You know, so, that is true. Yeah. Um, some celebrities do that. They'll put their own money into a project to get it off the ground, and then get an executive producer credit. And it's twofold. It gets the project moving, and it gets a name recognition with the studios. Or if you have an independent production house like uh, Netflix, doesn't really have its own production facilities, but they have a quote-unquote studio that they use to get things off the ground. So uh, that and Amazon, although Amazon now owns MGM, so they actually have an actual studio that Ooh. they own, but that's a whole other story. Ooh. So yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the things about producing a film that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff certainly Budget. sounded excited. Budget. Budget. So, uh, yes. Before we forget, or before we get to the end here, I should say, uh, want to take a moment to recognize our top tier donors uh, supporting the show. Uh, on our top tier, our Buckfast, Buckfast, and Haggis. I hate you, Barry. I hate you. You've even had Buckfast. Buckfast, I have. Yes. Okay. On an old show show when you did, like... I don't remember the last show. How am I supposed (laughs) to remember an old, old show? Anyway, on our top Buckfast and Haggis tier, uh, we have... That's a horrible name. Quoth the Raven 79. Well, why didn't you say something when they consulted you? I know. Jeff, but not 80s Jeff. Leon Mitt, Ozzy Matt, Martin Tierney, and David Farrar. So thank you for your Welcome continued aboard, guys. support. David, what's the yeah. matter with you, man? How much money is he is he writing us off uh, for taxes? Because David's been putting money into us before before I was a part of us. More than a decade. Yeah. 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 He's, he's the man. Thank you, David, as always. Dave Raider. Yep. He has helped us both purchase and maintain equipment that keeps us uh, producing this this fine product that you're listening to <laughs> uh i don't know about the fine part but you know yes 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 thank you mm-hmm. uh the next tier fireball whiskey we have king vald and deb but not our deb no. but a deb that is i guess our deb now that she's a supporter so yes you'll, can, you'll, we, you'll have to fight each other for we, the name oh. be like, uh, i can just change mine to deeb okay which, you know, oh that's true my yeah. name. I, I, I wanted the Darn girl it. fight I wanted the Thunderdome thing, yes. you know, the whole... I want to see that sliding tackle in action. There you go. You know what? Let's she's see. a teacher. I, I oh. got to give oh, it to shit. her. Oh, shit. Okay. She's a teacher. You're... No, you'd bounce off that shit and probably get hurt. Wow. It, yeah, Deb, actually... Teachers are tough, man. We, 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 didn't we talk about this on the air before? She's the one who sent us a really nice email a while ago about uh, listening yes. to us because it gives her stuff to relate to her students and talk to them about. I believe keep, so, yes. Keeping up with the... Keeping up with the kids. So you go, Deb. Where's your happy... To- <laughs> also... <laughs> also want to give a shout out to our newest... Uh, newest supporters. <laughs> starting off with Professor Biggs, who is supporting us oh. under the brisket taco yeah, level. Yeah. You're not going to get more appearances Steve, I don't know what you're trying to do. Uh, yeah, you can't buy your way in, man. You're yeah, already you here. had a last warning. Yeah. <laughs> right? You had a last warning. That's true. Hey, we should create the final warning tier. There you go. Barry, <laughs> what, what's wrong with you, man? Anyway, so yeah, uh, newest 
newest supporters, uh, Professor Biggs under the brisket taco level, Multiverse Tonight on the banana pudding level, Azrael175 under the brisket taco level, Bustrod also under the banana pudding level, <laughs> Wow, Chris Yeckel also under the banana pudding level, and literally right before I started recording the show, so I, I was able to add it into the notes, Mohan Nair, I hope I'm saying your name right, under the brisket taco level. So thank you for uh, joining us and supporting us. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Yes, um, thank you. It's honestly, it's very, very helpful. Um, we have, and I say we mostly, Todd and I have been funding this project out of our pockets for the last decade plus. Um, so we really do thank you. Um, it's going to be super helpful going forward. We have the merchandise store now. Uh, it is available through the website geekshockpodcast.com. It is under the merch tab. Uh, More merchandise the, is going to be added. Yes. By the time you hear this, fingers crossed, we will have uh, two more designs available for you to purchase. There are currently two, the official Geek Shock podcast logo, as well as the Geek Shock, Shock Monkey Army logo. Uh, both t-shirt and I think it's also available as a sticker and a mask. The mask one I couldn't quite figure out. Barry was telling me about it. No, I, it, yeah. it's right there on the thing. They have like a whole list of you can products. Get, yeah. No hats. Barry, get on that. Barry said fuck the hats when I asked him about oh, it. How about fuck what? the Barry? Why? Yes, yes fuck the Barry. Dead, People get like on. hats. In fact, fuck the... Wow. <laughs> I asked him about it, and he goes, I gave you 30 other things, and the one thing you're holding out on people is the like hats. hats. Yes. I, yes. People like hats. Yes. People love hats. People love hats. Hats are useful. You're blowing me out over here, folks. People love hats. Yeah. What do you mean, I, fuck the hats? I'm working on it with get it. Get that I, I will, bitch in this room right now. I'm going to make a promise right now. I will get Barry to add hats in at some point. It probably won't be under this current merch store. Um, oh, whatever. Okay. We, we shall see, but it's uh, I'll push him on it. So we'll get we'll get hats for those of you, the five of you out there that that want hats and <laughs> and thongs. No, no thongs. No. Wait. Oh, I see. I where see. Where are you gonna put a logo on that shit? Like where? The front yeah. part. Yeah, you know the front part. Some of us have people got some wearing room. thongs don't don't have that much fabric on that front. The or front pe- part. People that should be wearing thongs don't have that much Deb, fabric. on did that you front part. see the size of the eight bit characters? It's just you just got a little tiny Kirsten. Not enough. Right sur- there, eight bit. It's not, not enough surface I mean, area for who, that. Who the hell is gonna gonna hate that? So. And 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 quite frankly, do you really want to see Kirsten wearing a <laughs> no. Geek Shock thong? No, that's what I thought. No, but that is a Patreon tier. <laughs> Andy in a Geek Shock thong, <laughs> the special two hundred fifty dollar level monthly. No, no. I just minimum no. minimum do it too. Don't no. even minimum oh, don't six month purchase. Don't Kirsten, put it out there. Stop joking about it. He'll actually do it. <laughs> don't do it. No, senor, don't do it. <laughs> He'll slip and fall right into that phone. There you go. What about <laughs> tattoos? Can What's you your that? horrifying support level reward? Write to us. Comments at geekshockpodcast.com. Uh, once again, thank you for everyone for listening and supporting. And until next week, I am 80s Jeff. Weirding voice K. Maple Leaf Matt.
And Deb. And we will talk to you next week in Geek. Multiverse Tonight. Multiverse Tonight. Um, they're, they're, tonight. A, they're a podcast. Are they? MultiverseTonight.com. Cool. So they're a geek podcast. They talk about all sorts of, uh, they talk about, well, they, they run the gamut like us. They probably do a more thorough job of it, you know. So uh, multi, MultiverseTonight.com, folks. Check them out. Look at them. Oh. Uh, tell them Geek Sock. Geek, geek Sock. 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 Derp. Geek Shock socks. sent you. So we need some socks. So socks. it's not a thong now. You're going to be wearing, instead of a thong, you're going to be wearing a sock. That's, you that's flashing me back to college. A and little, that used a to do little that 8-bit Kirsten right on your toe. Mm-hmm. A little 8-bit. No. no, he's going different sock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Nightmare fuel. Nightmare fuel. Right. Yeah. But, you know, such is life. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'll have to uh, I'll have to check that out because with the sponsorship, it doesn't give me a whole lot of extra data other than the right. person's well, name and no, their level. I, I thought that's that's an interesting handle, but and I just did a quick search. Okay. So, so yeah, there there. That's cool. Cool. Go Very for nice. it. Does that mean we have to buy something of theirs? No. Uh, I don't know. Oh, Do I we? Know. Oh God. <laughs>